0: Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Pray with me. Lord God, we come before you. You are holy. You are set apart you are completely other you are not like we are you're working in your children and growing us into into the likeness of christ but father you are the only one who is completely holy father may we never lose sight of your holiness it's the one thing that we we look at and It marks you it it your name is holy everything about you is holy father when we approach you we approach you recognizing that you are holy so father we come before you during this time and God we give you thanks that we we have the awesome privilege of worshiping you the Most High God our Creator our Redeemer so father we come before you now and as we look at your word, which is holy, for it is your word. We pray that, that through your word you might shape us, you might change us, you might challenge us, you might grow us, transform us more into the likeness of Christ. And We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. A couple of things as we get started, just some things to put on your calendar. Next, uh, First of all, tonight we will not be having Sunday evening prayer time uh, for uh, for the sake of Labor Day. We know a lot of people will be traveling and a lot of people will be spending some time with their family, so I invite you to do that. So no Sunday evening service tonight at 5, but next Sunday night as we sort of look forward to the fall and kick things off, we are going to have a showing of the film American Gospel here at 5 p.m., in the worship center there's no charge uh it's about a two hour long film i watched it a couple of weeks ago and i will tell you it is it is very uh impressive it is also extremely informative and if you have not seen that yet let me invite you to join us next sunday night for a showing of american gospel at 5 p.m here in the worship center if you say well i can't make it uh next sunday night and if you have netflix let me encourage you to to view it on netflix it's available on netflix right now if you want to view it on netflix and then come join us and watch it a second time we'd love to have you here Uh, and then on the 20th we are going to start a six week men's study and also a six weeks women's study on september the 20th at 5 p.m kingdom man with tony evans and then also kingdom woman And so at 5 p.m. starting on September 20th, we invite you to be here. Uh, If you have not signed up, we need you to sign up just so we can know how many uh, materials we need to produce. You can sign up in your Sunday school class. You can sign up out at the welcome desk. You can sign up by just uh, giving us a a ring here at the church or dropping us an email and letting us know that you will be attending, just so we can have your name on. Uh, There's no no obligation or anything like that. It's completely free. We'll get the materials to you. The materials are free as well. But uh, if you are planning on being a part of that, we do need to know that you are attending. A six-week study, six weeks, uh, starting September the 20th at 5 p.m., Both Kingdom Man and Kingdom Woman here, 5 p.m. at the church. So I hope you will join us for that. If you have your Bibles, let me invite you to turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, we're starting in verse 2, going to verse 4. James writes, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If if you remember back when you were in high school and middle school, I know some of you may say, that was a long time ago. Uh, And some of you may say, well, I am in high school and middle school. Can I just tell you, it won't be long before you will say, that was such a long time ago. Um, It doesn't go by so quickly, like we talked about last week. But at some point in time in your educational career, you probably had this experience. A teacher or professor would walk into the room and say, close the books, clear everything off, take out a sheet of paper, we're having a pop quiz. Now, I don't know about you, I hated pop quizzes. I I detested pop quizzes. I didn't like them whenever I was given pop quizzes. And when I was a teacher for a decade, I didn't like grading pop quizzes. Uh, because many of my pop quizzes, you want to make it, if you're a teacher, you understand this, right? If you're a teacher, you want to make it easy to grade. You want to be able to grade it quickly and easily. So, so often we would default to true-false tests. You give, a, give an oral pop quiz and then they write down, you know, just write down a T or an F. And then you learn pretty quickly as a teacher to say, write out true or false. Because they would make that strange nebulous letter that was somewhere between a t and an f you've either seen it or you've done it and 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 you look at it and then the you know the, so you would have you would have a little wiggle room oh you counted that wrong that was an f that's a t no but you see that little big tiny line right in the middle so i, I remember this one kid one time i called him up to my desk and i said is that a t or an f and he said what's the right answer I said, you go first. He said, "Mm, it's a T. I said, okay, you missed it (laughs) then. F, F, wait, isn't that No, 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 no. No, no, no. True or false? So these pop quizzes would come, and the one major uh, the one major oppositional statement that I would receive about pop quizzes when I was a teacher was this. Well, I didn't study, and if I'd known this was coming, I would have been prepared. Yes, that is why it's called a pop quiz. You don't prepare for it. You don't say the pop quiz is coming at this time because otherwise that's just a quiz. Pop quiz means you don't expect it. Now, I realize that there's a lot of different philosophies that circulate in our education system, and some people say pop quizzes are really bad for students because those who have test anxiety and it sets them over the edge. And some say, well, pop quizzes are good and we should give more pop quizzes and da 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 da. Well, regardless of where you fall on the educational spectrum with that, Here's the truth, God gives pop quizzes. God gives pop quizzes. And God has an inexhaustible, creative storehouse of pop quizzes For us, And so today that's what I want us to look at. I want us to look at the nature of these divine pop quizzes that God gives us. And then how do we navigate that successfully? Because there is a purpose behind the pop quiz. Notice what we find in James chapter one, verse two. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Here's the first thing we find, according to James. Pop quizzes must be viewed through truth, not emotions. Prop quizzes must be viewed through truth, not emotions. Notice what he says. Count it all joy. That word count is also used in the Bible to mean to rule over something, to lead in some way. By extension, it is to rule over those emotions and rule over those emotions or your response with facts, not feeling. Count it all joy. Consider it all joy. Rule over whatever emotions you may be feeling, whatever sentiment you may be feeling, rule over that with the truth. Now, I just want to go ahead and say, and let's just say it, that's a very hard thing to do sometimes. Because there are sometimes when we experience a pop quiz, something that we didn't expect, something we did not plan for, a life interruption comes along, and it may be financial, it may be relational, it could be all vocational, all sorts of other interruptions come. And when they come, we say, oh my goodness. And the first thing that we normally do is we respond out of emotion. Our emotions can run away with us. We may get angry. We may get really depressed and saddened over it. We may get very confused and, and get anxious and start voicing them. But the, and emotions aren't a bad thing. They're a gift from God. Understand that emotions are not bad, but emotions are not designed to rule our lives. God's truth is to rule our lives, not emotions. Emotions in and of themselves, they're not bad. They're not a bad thing to have emotions. That's a good thing. But emotions can't rule over things. Count it all joy. So what feels right must be governed by what is right, And we must go to God's word for what is right. And whenever we are trusting in God's word, that allows us to experience joy. Now, joy here and happiness are two different things. The word joy that you find here in the book of James, that's not the the idea of happiness. Joy is that deep-seated joy response to god where it's that that trust in god that you know that you're going to be okay and and god's going to bear you through so might you experience great trials great turmoil great confusion even and still have joy absolutely may you experience great suffering and still have joy absolutely otherwise we wouldn't find certain verses in the bible Listen to Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. The words of Paul, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. What is Paul talking about? Paul's talking about his impending death. He's saying, church at Philippi, if because of your sacrifice, everything that you've done everything that you've done for the kingdom of God, everything that you've done pursuing Christ, all the things that you've laid aside, everything you've surrendered to follow Christ, that's like a burnt offering. That's like that animal they would put upon the altar and they would burn that offering before God. And he's saying, "If, if my life, if me, if my death, my upcoming death because of the ministry, if that's like the drink offering. That is, if I'm the cup of wine that gets poured over that burning animal to top off, to finish off that offering that gets vaporized as it's being burned there on the altar, so be it. I rejoice in that. I rejoice that that is what is going on with me. Now, you see, Paul can't say that unless he understands something more than his emotions. Paul understands the truth from the word of God paul understands that he has been called to a higher calling and that even his death if he is in the center of god's will has purpose and meaning so he says i'm rejoicing with you all we find in colossians chapter 1 verse 24 paul says now i rejoice in my sufferings for your sake i rejoice in my sufferings and in my flesh i am filling up what is lacking in christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church Now, does that mean that Paul is saying that the sacrifice of Jesus was not enough and he had to sacrifice some more to make that sacrifice complete? No, that's not what he's saying. What Paul is saying is this, when he says, in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. He's saying that the enemies of Jesus didn't get enough of their pleasure and satisfaction in what happened to Jesus. And so they're taking all that out upon the followers of Christ as well. And Paul is saying, I'm just suffering for Jesus. The hatred toward Jesus was so great that it's extending beyond just Jesus himself to the followers of Christ. And Paul is saying, I rejoice in my sufferings. If you are operating from feelings and not truth, there are certain things you cannot rejoice in. If you're just settled in on just feelings and they're governing your life but truth is not then there are certain areas where we should feel joy we should experience joy we should have joy but we won't because we're not governed by the truth truth leads us to that joy to count it all joy consider it all joy rule over those emotions and rule over them with the truth of the word of god which leads us to joy in the book of hebrews Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34, the writer of Hebrews pins these words. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. The writer of Hebrews says, people plundered your property. They came and took your goods by force and you rejoiced in it. That's okay. Take it. I got something better. I got something better waiting. I got something better that nobody can touch. Nobody can lay a hand on. Why were they able to do that? Why were they able to say that? Because they were operating not from feelings. They were operating from truth and they could count it joy. Where is it in your life right now that you're in the middle of a trial and you're finding it hard to count it joy? You're finding it hard to rule over it because your emotions have run so out far ahead of the truth they've sort of outstripped the truth and now your emotions are trying to play catch up. Where is it that you need to go before God's word and say, God, what do you say about the situation? Not what my feelings say about it. Feelings in, and of themselves, feelings in and of themselves are not bad, but feelings can betray you. We all have experiences we can think of where our, we felt a certain thing. We felt so strongly, but we were wrong. Even though we may have felt it very strongly, we were wrong according to God's word. So where is it that you need to say, God, help me to count this as joy. Help me to rule over this by your truth. The second idea that we find expressed in the book of James about pop quizzes is this pop quizzes are diverse they're diverse and unavoidable they are diverse and unavoidable look at what he says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds there's a similar passage in first Peter chapter 1 verse 6 Peter writes this in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. You rejoice in it, if for a little while you've been grieved by various trials. That word various is a word or that means variegated, multicolored, polka-dotted, spotted, however you want to say it. It's varied. It's var- and what may be a trial for one person may not be a trial for another. What may hit you in one way may not hit somebody else in that way. We've seen that during this season of COVID-19. There have been some people that have just taken it in stride, whistling along, okay, whatever. And there have been some people that it has very deeply devastated and shaken very, very deeply. What may be a trial for one person may not be a trial for somebody else. If you've been grieved by various trials... And so we have to understand that we have to go back to God's word and understand that, you know, what is shaping this person may not be what is shaping this person. What what is a trial for this person may not be a trial for this person. What may be a a struggle for this person may not be a struggle for that person. But it doesn't make it any less of a struggle simply because you yourself don't experience that. Pop quizzes are various. Pop quizzes are varied pop quizzes are different for different people pop quizzes god has an infinite number of pop quizzes that he can administer at different times we've all had those experiences right you've had those days haven't you had one of those days some of you say yes every every day don't you have those days it's like you wake up and you realize this may be as good as it gets today Right? This may be the most peace that I have today. And then you get to work and the phone's ringing and there's this crisis and this person comes by and there's that crisis and there's this and this and this. And And then you make it to lunch and you're like, whew, I got a break. And you get to lunch and then the phone rings and it's some other thing. And it goes on and on and on and on all day long. And you go home and you think, my goodness, all day long. It was just full of pop quizzes. And there were various things that come. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. The trials that we face, the pop quizzes that we face, they're diverse. They're also unavoidable. Well, I know some of you may say, I don't see unavoidable anywhere in that phrase there in verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. It's been said in Bible study, and I think it's a wise rule to follow. When you find a word in the Bible... One of the best ways to determine its meaning, yes, you can look it up, and that's you should do that if you're questioning what it means, but also look at how the same word is used in different places in the Bible. It may be translated differently, it may be used a little differently. Look at all the different usages, usages I'll get that word out, usages of that particular word. So I just did that with this word, meet. Let me give you two of the things, two of the other verses that I found. It's also used, the same word is used in Acts chapter 27, verse 41. And it's speaking of the ship, one of the shipwrecks uh, that we find the apostles were experiencing. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground, the bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. Here's a shipwreck. And the ship strikes a reef and cannot be freed. That word striking a reef, that word for strike is the same word that is used there in James chapter one for meet. When you meet trials of various kinds, it's also the same word that's used in the parable of the good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, sometimes I've heard people preach the uh, parable of good Samaritan. And they say he fell among robbers, which means he fell in with the wrong crowd. He was going along and he thought they were friends and they turned to him. It's not what the word means. It's not fell in with the wrong crowd as much as like if you fell into a pit of snakes, that you are surrounded by something or someone. So it's the same word that you use. Trials are unavoidable. Pop quizzes are unavoidable. Pop quizzes are like when you get stuck on a reef in your ship. Pop quizzes are like when you are surrounded on all sides by those who want to do you harm. Pop quizzes encompass you. Pop quizzes surround you. You are stuck on them, submerged in them, and and, and covered by them. That's the idea. So count it all joy, my brothers, when you are unavoidably stuck in trials pop quizzes are unavoidable there are things that we try to avoid and when we can avoid them we do well to do so but as a whole we understand that things come that we did not plan for and also we can't get out of and once we're stuck in there the the usual response is despair but we must understand that these are designed by god for a purpose we'll talk more about that in a moment. let me just ask this just think about what's that pop quiz right now that's got you stuck what's that pop quiz right now that feels a lot like a shipwreck what's that pop quiz that feels a lot like you left jerusalem headed to jericho and suddenly you were surrounded by robbers what's that pop quiz for you that you say it is varied it is diverse and you know, it may not be the same struggle somebody else has, but I cannot get out of it. Well, Why would God allow that to begin with? Well, the next verse tells us, pop quizzes test your faith over time. For you know, not that you, it doesn't say for you feel that, for you have a pretty good idea of, no, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. The reason that we are experiencing pop quizzes is just for that, that the pop quiz will test your faith over time. And you've heard me so many times talk about my kind of working definition of faith, receiving a report from God and then responding rightly, responding in the right way. These pop quizzes test, do we believe God? Do we trust what God says that's what a pop quiz does do we trust what god says and god has a purpose in these quizzes and it's to build that steadfastness now it says some translations say endurance some translations say patience so you have different you have different words they all they all relate back to that same meaning steadfastness bearing up under something staying up under the pressure and staying under the pressure long enough in God's perfect timing to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in your life. We find this mentioned in James chapter 5 or James chapter 5 verse 11. James writes, "Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful." Job is like the poster boy for for suffering among those who follow God. And here, James is writing and saying, you've seen the purpose of God to show his compassion, to show his concern, to show his care, but also it brought about steadfastness in Job. Now understand, when we're talking about steadfastness in the Bible, it's active. It's not passive, it's active. It's not steadfastness and patience is not waiting for the race to start i gotta wait for days before i start my race no this steadfastness is the endurance that enables you to complete the race those are two different things it's not just waiting quietly without doing anything that's not what it means to be steadfast it means that you persist you continually move forward by the power of god it's not waiting for the race to start it's finishing the race That's the difference in this. And so the the trials that we face, the pop quizzes, test your faith over time. Notice an important distinction. Know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Notice what it does not say. James does not say trials produce faith because they don't i know some of you say wait 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 no hang on trials don't produce faith faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god the word of god produces faith a trial does not produce faith a trial tests the faith you have it tests the quality of the faith it tests the reality of the faith but a trial does not create faith a trial is a faith shaker it's not a faith maker and so we have to approach it and understand that because sometimes people say well i guess i guess the lord is just trying to create faith in me no his word creates faith not the trial because when the trial comes it's testing what manner of faith the, the strength of the faith the reality of the faith the reliability of the faith it doesn't create it because faith remember Is receiving a report from God and then responding in the right way receiving from God's Word and then responding to his Word in the right way that's the essence of faith a trial doesn't create that a trial tests that but it tests your pep the pop quiz will test your faith over time first Peter chapter 1 verse 6 Peter writes in this you rejoice there's that word again though now for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of jesus christ peter writes and says your faith is more precious than gold and god wants to purify your faith god wants to strengthen your faith god wants to test your faith and so sometimes the heat gets turned up And I think we could all attest to the reality that those fires that test our faith can heat up really quickly and cool down really slowly because God will keep us in there as long as it takes to accomplish his will. It tests our faith over time. James chapter one, verse 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who, who love him maybe some of you are there maybe you are in that fire you're in that testing fire and you're saying god i can't wait to get out of this fire well but but god's going to keep you there as long as it takes to purify your faith to test your faith now it's not that god is looking at you saying i wonder how much faith he has I wonder how much faith she has. God knows exactly how much faith you have. The issue is we don't know the outworking of our faith yet. So God puts us to the test, not so he will know something he didn't know because he knows all things, but so that we might know where we stand. We might know the depth of our faith. We might know, God, I am going to rely upon you no matter how hot this fire gets trust in him, no matter how hot the fire you're in may be getting. And then finally, pop quizzes are opportunities to grow toward maturity in Christ. They are opportunities to grow toward maturity in Christ. None of us are there yet. None of us are fully mature. If somebody comes to you and says, you know, I'm, I'm fully mature in Jesus. I, I I don't, I'm not growing anymore because I have arrived. That person doesn't realize how far short they fall. We're not there yet. We'll never be fully and completely there this side of glory. There's just no way. And let steadfastness, verse four, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You know what pop quizzes show? Pop quizzes show that we're not there yet. Pop quizzes show that right now, we're lacking some growth in some areas. And it may be different for each one of us. But that quiz, that pop quiz, that trial shows where we may be lacking and where God is doing work, where we need to maybe surrender certain things to him. Let steadfastness have its full effect, that is its finished effect, it's its the end effect, that you may be perfect. Those two words are the same in the original language. Have its full effect and that you may be Perfect. Both of those words speak about completion, finished. Let steadfastness work out to the finish so that God may work you to the finish. That's the idea. So you may be finished and you may be complete. You may be whole. We are lacking certain things right now that are being developed in us. And those trials point them out. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is moving us toward maturity. God is moving us toward wholeness. God is moving us toward being finished and complete. He's moving us toward an end that he sees most clearly. And every struggle... Every trial, every moment of suffering that you experience has been entrusted to you by God. And God has purposes in entrusting these trials to you. They are to know him more deeply. They are to love him more deeply. And they are to be transformed more completely into the likeness of Christ. That's the purpose of these trials. There's this purpose of these moments of suffering. When we look at them, we say there's no purpose. There's no meaning. There's no nothing. Yes, they are entrusted to us by God so that we can know him, we can love him, and that we can be transformed in the likeness of Jesus. That's why, and you've heard me say this before, that's why it's so important that we have an appropriate theology of suffering in our heads and in our hearts as we walk through this Christian life if you are a follower of Christ, the Bible promises we will experience suffering. The health and wealth and prosperity people who say, if you have enough faith, you will never experience pain and suffering. They are flat out biblically wrong completely. And it's amazing whenever one of them gets really sick, how quickly that tune changes, right? I reminded the old story about the, the man that came into a church and he was walking on crutches and and he was in a lot of pain and he had had an accident and he walked up and this guy came walking up to him and said, you know, if you had enough faith, you wouldn't be experiencing pain. And the gentleman just took one of the crutches and popped the guy across the head with it. And the guy said, ow! And he said, you too. <laughs> Clearly, you don't have enough faith either. Because if you did, you wouldn't have even felt that, right? When, it befall, when the pop quiz comes for us, then suddenly we start, tra- we start changing the grading scale. Well, you know, you don't have enough faith. now. But I've never, heard, I've never heard one of these prosperity gospel people turn around and suddenly say, you know, the reason I'm suffering is because I just don't have enough faith. I, I never hear them say that. I never hear them say that when they're suffering, right? Listen, it is entrusted to us and we will experience pain. We will experience pain, we will experience suffering, but that is woven into the plan of redemption so that we can know God in a deeper way than we would without it. God can redeem even your worst pain. God can redeem even the worst suffering you go through. God can redeem even the biggest tragedy you face. God can redeem that, and God can work that out. And you say, well, does that mean God's gonna restore everything and everything's gonna be set right and everything's gonna be perfect? Maybe not here. But he may give you peace in the midst of that. He may give you strength to go through that sickness. He may give you encouragement to walk along. He may give you everything that you need in order to be an example of how to live out the rest of your life before somebody else, even if you're living it out in pain. God can redeem that. And these pop quizzes are opportunities to grow toward maturity in Christ. Well, how do we grow? Real quick, one way we grow, we don't grow apart from the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, mature, brought to the end, equipped for every good work. We also don't grow toward maturity without prayer in the midst of this pain. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you. Listen to this phrase always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. He writes and he says, Epaphras is praying for you and he's struggling. He's laboring in his prayers. Why is he laboring his prayers? He's praying, God, mature them. God, grow them up. God, let them see you for who you are. God, let them grow into the likeness of Christ. God, bring about a completion of the work that you began in them. So whenever we face a trial, we just don't face a trial with, okay, I just hope I'm going to be okay. No, we go to God's word. We pray. That is what leads us to completion. What does that maturity look like? What does it look like after all those trials? And what does it look like when God's really doing that work in us after, through these pop quizzes? What does that look like? Well, I'll leave us with this. Colossians chapter one, starting with verse nine. It's a great, it's a great prayer, but also it's a great kind of, lined out illustration of what true maturity in Christ looks like. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy do you see that for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light that's what that maturity looks like that's what being brought closer and closer to the likeness of christ looks like in the life of a believer so what about you who are you this morning What pop quiz are you facing? You may be saying, well, you know what? Right now, life's pretty good. Okay, buckle up. It's coming. We all know how those pop quizzes are. But maybe you've been in the midst of a pop quiz season and it's been one thing after another thing after another thing. Sometime it may may have been a, it may have been something very sudden and very powerful. Then again, it may have just been some drudgery that's been hitting you over and over. You know, there's there's, there's being struck by the eagle and there's also being pecked to death by ducks, right? So we both experience those, or we all experience both of those from time to time. Well, where's that pop quiz? What's it been looking like in your life? How long has it been going on in your life? What is it that, that God's been doing and God has shown you through this pop quiz season? And maybe some of you right now, you're in the middle of it. You're in the middle of that heat and God is firing up that furnace and you're saying, God, how long? How long? He's going to continue with that until his work is complete in that area. So you can count it joy. I know it's hard, but you can count it joy. And sometimes when you fall into one of those pop quizzes, based upon the word of God, we can say, God, thank you for giving me the opportunity to go through this. And God, help me. This is what I, I try to pray. God, Help me to not miss you in the midst of this. Help me to not miss what you're saying to me. Help me to not miss what you're revealing about yourself to me in this. Help me not to miss what you may be revealing about my heart in this. Help me to love you more deeply through this. And God, use this to transform me more into the likeness of Jesus. And he will do it. Painful, yes, but he'll do it. Whenever you face the pop quiz, understand that God, as the great and holy divine teacher, has a purpose in mind. It is not for naught. God knows what he's doing, even in the midst of your pop quiz. Let's pray. Lord God, as hard as it is to say, we're thankful for pop quizzes. God, they catch us off guard. And God, I realize that we, we default to those things we know best. And those pop quizzes reveal to, our, to us what are those things that we run to. Pop quizzes reveal the things that we cling to. Pop quizzes reveal the things that we, we trust, whether it's you, whether it's someone else, whether it's our abilities, whether it's a host of other things that we could insert in that blank. Father, I just ask now for those who are here, those who may be watching or listening either now or later, Father, I pray that in the midst of those pop quizzes, that they would call out to you, that they would run to you, that they would recognize that the only hope that is found in any of this is Jesus. And Father, it's not just a matter of calling out to you to fix things, calling out to you to to get us out of the situation. But Father, we want to call out to you so that we may know you. Call out to you so that we might live by your power. Call out to you so we might know your mercy and your grace. Call out to you so that we we might know you and be transformed in the likeness of your Son. Father, maybe people here maybe people listening who may say this Jesus that you're talking about I don't know him and father when those pop quizzes come they're finding that there's there's nowhere to turn there's nowhere that they've they've been able to place their hope and they run to all these different things try to find peace and try to find contentment and try to find joy and try to find meaning and purpose and and they all fall short because father Everything that, that we desire is found in Jesus. And Father, our most pressing need is not a financial need. Our most, finan- our most pressing need is not, not an interpersonal need. Our most pressing need is our sin problem. That we stand condemned before you, God, because of our sin. And we face your wrath because of our sin rightly so we deserve it and yet though we deserve that sin and we're separated from you because of it in your grace your great mercy and your love you sent jesus who took that penalty upon himself and if we trust that he did what he said he did and we trust that he is who he says he is and that he died on a cross and then rose to life again after three days and if we place our faith in him If we receive that report that we can be forgiven of our sins, that we can surrender our lives to him as our master, and that we can serve him and we can know a home in heaven with you. If we receive that report and we respond in the right way, that is we respond in faith, we trust what you say, God, that we can be saved. So Father, I pray that that would be a decision that someone will make today that needs to make that decision to follow you. And Father, I pray that regardless of what pop quiz we encounter, what pop quiz we meet, we fall in the midst of in the days to come, that we might remember that you have a purpose, and that purpose is so we might know you, so we might have our faith tested and we might grow in steadfastness and bear up under that weight, bear up under by your strength, that trial, knowing that you are leading us, you are walking with us, you are working in us to create people who are mature in Christ. And we give you thanks for that promise. And we ask that you would have your way in our lives, both today and in the days to come. And we ask this in Jesus name. Amen.